Hacker Puppet Radio, everyone. My name is Soak. Programming 101, Part 2. Python 1, with over half the votes, and had way more than anyone else. So let's learn some Python. First up, we're going to use Python 3.0, because it's the new one, and it's not compatible with 2.0, so it seems silly to learn an outdated version. I'm running Ubuntu, so I simply do a sudo apt-get install Python 3.0, put my password in, and it installs for me. If you're on a Debian-based system, that should work, although I haven't tried any others. If not, you hopefully know how to do a yum install or whatever method you use for installing the applications. I'm assuming there's also an install XE for Windows, should you really want to use that. Next, we're going to need an editor. Now, my current favourite programmer's editor, and not just a simple text editor, but a programmer's editor that does syntax highlighting and things like that, is Genie, G-E-A-N-Y, Golf Echo Alpha November Yankee. Again, that's a simple sudo app to get installed, Genie. There are many others, feel free to use whichever one you want. You can even use Vim, there was an HPower episode about that. But you really want one that does syntax highlighting, so when you do brackets and things, you can find what matches with what, and it makes it a lot easier when you're coding. Now, let's set up a code directory to store all these programs. So I open the terminal up, let's make one in your home directory, so mkdir space tilde forward slash code, that makes a directory called code, we'll then change directory into it, so cd space tilde forward slash code, hit enter, leave that terminal window open for now, and assuming we've already installed stuff, let's go and write our first program in Python. In the editor of your choice, simply write print space open brackets quotes hello world quotes close brackets. When I say brackets, I mean the shift 9 and shift 0 for open and close. Technically parenthesis, but I can never quite say that word right, so I call them brackets. Plus, not everyone knows what parenthesis is. Parenthesis sounds like a disease that your mother and father have. So when I say quotes, I mean the shift apostrophe on the US keyboards and shift 2 on the UK ones. Don't know about the other layouts, but that's the one I did. But the double apostrophe. Look at the show notes. I've got all the programs I wrote in there. I'm going to explain what this does in a moment, but let's just run it, make sure you've got everything running for now. Save the file as test.py. Python files should end .py, so you know what they are. Although this is more for you than for the OS. So in the terminal you had open, we can try running the script with Python 3.0 space test.py. Now assuming you saved the file into the code directory, the terminal is still in the code directory, it should simply print out hello world onto the screen. Congratulations, you just wrote and ran your first Python script. Yay! Now, it's not really that exciting. It just prints hello world, doesn't do anything else. But let's explain how this works. Print is the command that we're running. In this case, it prints out onto the screen. It is enclosed in brackets to show the command where it starts and ends. Now, this wasn't in Python 2. This is a new thing for Python 3, I believe. But the brackets show where the command starts and ends basically what it needs to look at. Some languages end a line with a semicolon, like C, but not in Python. We can put other commands within the brackets if we want, but I will cover that in a moment. But for the text, we need to use quotes, say where the text starts and ends. Now, of course, some of you may realise that you can't then use a quote in the text. Well, you can, but if you just put a quote in... The print command thinks that's the end of the text and it gets confused. So we need to put an extra character in to say, no, we really do want a quote mark, honest. So, in the hello world text in the program we've written already, put a backslash quotes 
in between the words. And save the file and run it again. Now we get the quotes in the output. Backslash is the standard character to tell languages that you really mean that character or the next character and not to think that it's the end of the text or whatever. In fact, I can't think of a single language that it isn't used in. I feel sure there must be. But SQL, Java, all these ones, it, it's the standard character to say we actually want the next one. Now, let's try something a bit more interesting. We will go into variables. Variables are, well, variable. That is, you can set them to be a value and then change the value. Variables can be called almost anything. You can't call a variable print, for example, because that's already a command. And also, please, please remember they are case-sensitive. So X in lowercase and X capital are different variables. If you typo and get the wrong capitalization, it's a new variable and suddenly it's blank and doesn't have what you think in it and it's confusing. But anyway, let's do something simple. In the same file, well, you can use a new one, but I'm going to use the same one. Type in x equals 1, and on the next line, print, open brackets, x, close brackets. Now what we do here is we say, I want x to be the value of 1, and then I want to print x out. Now because it's a variable, we don't require quotes around it. If we did put quotes around the x, it would print the letter x out. Save the file and run it, and remember to run the new file name if you use new file, but again I didn't, so I'm just going to hit up on the terminal and run it. It should print 1 out onto the screen. Now you see this is getting a bit more useful. Now let's say we want to do some calculation and output the results onto the screen. Python handles all the usual suspects, add, subtract, multiply, divide, etc. Although because there aren't multiply and divide buttons on the keyboard, at least as you write them, the two dots, one above and one below the horizontal line for the divide, which is what everyone writes, and the divide with one actually physically over the other, there's no space for that on the keyboard, so we use star, or the asterisk button, which is shift 8, and forward slash, which is the bottom right of the keyboard, as well as the plus and the minus, the ones in the top right of the keyboard. So type in the following, x equals 1, new line, x equals x plus 5, new line, x equals x star 7, or times 7, new line, print, open brackets, x, close brackets. Now it should print out 42 when you run it. 1 plus 5 is 6, 6 times 7 is 42. Now, of course, we could change this code to make it less lines by saying x equals 1 plus 5 times 7. Print brackets x brackets. Now run that, and it doesn't say 42 anymore. And the reason being is it follows the mathematical rules. Now, when I was at school, a few people I knew called it bodmas, but my father always taught it to me as a bidmas, B-I-D-M-A-S. Brackets, indices, divide, multiply, add, and subtract. Indices is squared and cubed and fourth and stuff to the power of. That's the order it runs. It runs brackets first, then anything with powers, then it does divide and multiply, and then add and subtract. So 1 plus 5 times 7, there are no brackets or indices, so it does the multiply first. So it goes 5 times 7 is 35, and then add 1 to get 36, which is what it printed out. So if we want to get it to print out 42, as in the first example, we need to put brackets around it, because brackets are in front of multiply. So, go and change the code and say x equals open brackets 1 plus 5 close brackets times 7. And then keep the print on the next line, and run that, and well, hey, it says 42. Now, this is nice. However, if you're using multiple variables, it might get a little confusing x, y, z, so on and so forth. 
Now, as I've said before in the previous episode, I'm a fan of using more lines for more readability. I also try and comment my code as much as I can. So if you want to explain something, hash or pound or octothorpe when you want to say it, but that shift 3 on a US keyboard, on new line, hash, this is a comment, next line is x equals open brackets 1 plus 5 close brackets multiplied by 7, you should already have that, next line, hash, print, open brackets, quotes, 5 quotes, close brackets, and then the final line, print, open brackets, x, close brackets. Now, the first print command, whilst actually being a valid line, print 5, it is a comment so it won't run. And the comment in the first, you could actually explain what the calculation is for and not just say this is a comment. The comments take the entire line, they all start with a hash, that's about it. You put a comment, the compiler or the Python interpreter ignores it entirely, it doesn't care what you put in there. It's just so you make it nice and easy for you or whoever changes the code next to read. Now I try and do one comment per line of code to explain it all. That way it's easier to edit in the future. There is actually a, a saying where I used to work and believe other places that if you look at a code that you wrote three months ago, it's like someone else wrote it. You won't remember a single thing if you've been get, moving on and coding other stuff. So put comments in because otherwise you'll have no clue. Don't think, oh, I know what this does. Comment everything. But I'll go on to more into that later. As it is, these programs are going to be so simple so far, we're not going to need any comments. Now we know how to do some basic maths calculations with variables. But what if we wanted to print some text out? Well, again, we can use quotes and do that. X equals quotes, hello world quotes. And on the new line, print open brackets X, close brackets. Now, I should point out that whilst variables can be named after anything, almost, except for any reserved words as I mentioned earlier, like print, it is useful to name them something useful. So you actually know what they mean. So instead of saying X, we could call it message or something similar like that that would actually help us. Now, I am a proponent of the Hungarian or similar notation. Basically, that is, you name the variable something useful, but put at the start information about the variable. So a string, i.e. the text of Hello World, would be S for string. So S message, with a capital M, would be a good variable name, in my mind. That way, deep down in the code, you see S message, oh, that's what it is. Or S output, and you know what it is. It also means you could use s print for a string and not have to worry about it being a reserved word because we've got s in front of it. I will cover more of this later, including the different types of variables that you can use in their Hungarian notations. There are arguments over both ways. I think Linus is a... Well, he hates Hungarian notation from what I've read, but this is how it goes. Some people like it, some people don't. I find it very useful for my style of coding. Other people may not find it so much use. It is entirely up to you. But for this, at least when we get onto the bigger, harder programs, I will be using Hungarian notation. I'm going to try and make it nice and obvious so it makes sense. Now we can do other fun things with variables. We can add them together in similar. We did this with x earlier by adding 1 to 5, but we can also do this with strings. So, if we get rid of whatever code we have there and do x equals quotes hello quotes, new line y equals quotes world quotes, new line print open brackets x plus y close brackets, now save it and run it, and notice there is no space between the words, because we didn't say there was. We can either add a space in after hello or before world, and that would fix it, or we could add a space in in the print statement. That's such, so if we edit the print statement, so we say, still have x equals hello, y equals world, and then we say print open brackets x 
plus quotes space quotes plus y close brackets now we have the space in the middle and also notice we can do some cool things by combining text and variables in a program so for example we can have s first name that was with a capital f and a capital n and it's all as one word equals quotes john quotes s surname equals quotes smith quotes print open brackets quotes dear space quotes plus s first name plus quotes space quotes plus s surname close brackets now hopefully you can see how this would be useful assuming first name and surname are pulled in from somewhere like a database you can have the program address each user by name in fact many websites do this when you log in yahoo for example i believe says hello and then your name Flickr does chow and different languages doesn't it and then your username or your actual name depending on what you've got it set up as and of course if you run this it says dear john smith now what if we want to do something a bit more clever like say good morning or good evening and their name well let's assume we have x as the time i'm not going to fit it out with the actual time because we need to do modules and importing stuff and, and okay i couldn't figure out how to do it in python 3 yet but i'm working on it we'll come to that later remember I'm learning Python as you guys are I mean I'm a, a little bit ahead because I've already done other languages so I'm aware of certain things but I am learning Python as well I really am going through and doing this as I say it well a little bit before I figure out how if statements work and then I'll explain if statements I'll figure out how some of the variables work and I'll then go through that so I've already read about floats and stuff which we haven't explained yet but I'm only a little bit ahead Let's assume x has whatever the hour is. We will set x to be 13, which is 1 p.m., so it's going to be the afternoon. So add a line at the start with the following in it, x equals 13. Now we need to know if x is less than 12 to say morning. We need a new command called if. If x is less than 12, then say morning, else say evening. That is literally how it works, if, else. If something is something, do this bit else. If it's not, do something else. After we set the first name and last name, add in a new line. If x is less than, that's the shift comma, that one, less than, crocodile mouth facing to the right, arrow pointing to the left, whatever you want to call it, less than. If x less than 12, colon, then tab in the next line to indent it properly just once I'll explain this when we finish the program though print open brackets quotes good morning space quotes plus s first name plus quotes space quotes plus s surname close brackets then on a new line without tab else colon a new line with a tab we can actually copy the one from above and change it from morning to evening but if not print open brackets quotes good evening space quotes plus s first name plus quotes space quotes plus s surname close brackets so the finished code should read x equals 13 s first name equals john s surname equals smith if x is less than 12 colon print good morning first name surname else print good evening first name surname i'm skipping a bunch of brackets and quotes and colons and things in there but just hopefully that's right again show notes have got the whole things you can just cut and paste from there if you want now if you run it you should say good evening john smith because it's afternoon and well we just did morning or evening 
Now change X to be 11, and then run it again. It says, good morning. Now add in another line at the bottom. Print, open brackets, quotes, when does this get printed, question mark. Quotes, close brackets. So when do you think that will get printed? Well, run it and find out. Or guess and run it and find out if you want. But it depends on if you tabbed it in or not. If it's tabbed in, it's part of the else statement, and it won't get printed if X is 11. If there isn't a tab, it will get printed regardless of what X is set to. Now, this is one of the things I like about Genie. It actually marks your statements, and they become expandable, and it shows you where they finish, making it easier to code because it's obvious where they are. Now, some languages you have to close the if statement. So like basic, you have to say if, such and such, then, whatever, else, whatever, end if. And some say phi, which is if backwards. Some, like C, use curly brackets. If, open curly brackets, whatever, close curly brackets. Else, open curly brackets, whatever, close curly brackets. But Python uses the tab to show the end, or rather the lack of tab. So make sure you tab, because tabbing is important. Tabbing is important even if the language doesn't care, because it makes it much more readable. Readable is so much more helpful when you're trying to bug check the code. It makes it easier for you to read. I think that will do it for this episode. We've gone through a few things. I mean, we've barely touched the language, but we've gone through some of this stuff and tried to get you some introduction to programming and writing some very simple programs. Next time, I think we're going to go through some different types of loops, and we'll go through inputting stuff, and then we can write some actual programs that do things. Actually, not very exciting. We're just going to do one which I had to write at university, which you input a letter, and it prints from A to whatever letter you entered. And if you put C, for example, it print A, A, B, A, B, C, A, B, A, all on different lines. This introduces a couple of different loops. So we're going to go through some of this. And we're going to start writing some actual programs and how to write the game of life. It's, again, a fairly simple one. Plus, the Hacker Public Radio's got the little game of life glider in it, so we'll have to actually go through that and explain where this came from so people actually realise, again, something else I did at uni. And then we're going to go and build up some different things. But this is going to do it for this episode. I'd like to thank everyone that has given me feedback. I've got several ideas of programs to write for people. Nothing major, just fairly simple things. What someone wants is a random name generator, for example. Based on, you could give it a word, for example, in Harry Potter you have Professor Snape and Slytherin, and they're all Snake, Snape, Snake. Snake's Slither, Slytherin, and that whole thing. And the idea was that you could put a name in and it would come and give you, change some of the letters and give you examples, or look up in a thesaurus for words that are based off that word and then change some of those and give you ideas and it's it it's called a little idea i don't think it should be that hard to do and we may end up doing this so i think that's called if anyone else has got any suggestions for hey could you write this little program again let me know not going to promise to do all of them but if they're cool and sound interesting and sort of simple to do or simplish to do you know as i said before i'm not going to be rewriting the kernel anytime soon that would be really cool, but I'm not going to be. Not in Python, anyway. Let me know some simple things, and we'll see what we can do. Thank you for listening. If you've got any questions, you can email me at zokosoro at gmail.com. That's x-ray oscar kilo echo sierra oscar romeo uniform at gmail.com. 
or you can visit me at zoke.org, x-ray Oscar Kilo Echo dot Oscar Romeo Golf. Thank you for your time, and you've been listening to Hacker Public Radio. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.